Holman, welcome in for another episode of the Truck Show Podcast. I've got something to make you happy. You ready? Is it money? No, it's better. Is it uh, Jeeps? Better. Is it uh, Red Vines? It's something you will not forget the rest of today. Uh, lifetime supply of Dr. Pepper. Nope, here it is. Taste the biscuit. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Yeah, I saw that. Taste the honey sauce. This is a taste the goodness of the biscuit. Super weird. I have no idea sauce. why you have this. Oh, podcast. God bless! I forgot the dude who sent that to us. My That's apologies. Horrible. Uh, someone sent us this uh, clip on the gram, and it's a dude playing like an old rolling keyboard, and a woman. No, in it's her... like yacht rock. It's like that. What were the yacht rock? It's like what were the two on Saturday Night Live? It's that exact thing. And they're in a department store, like yeah, a yeah, and there's like people a, like, like doing a thrift store, and they're just shopping stuff behind it, and there's yeah, just people very walking strange. around. I, but I, I just, I mean, come on. Taste the biscuit. Taste the biscuit. No, Taste it's... the goodness of the biscuit. It's, it's super weird. I like the Waffle House Taste one better. The honey sauce. The honey sauce, dude. Taste the goodness of yeah. the biscuit with the honey sauce. Yeah, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not really down with that. I don't know I have what that has to this, do with the Truck Show podcast. I have been singing this for the last 24 hours. I cannot get it out of my head. Taste the biscuit, dude. There was one guy who was like, uh, he did this thing from Waffle House. It was awesome. It was like a, a reel on Instagram, and a bunch of people sent it to me because they know my uh, affinity for Waffle House. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like Southern. I think it was Southern California because goes into like, Waffle House because you like bad, right? No, it's it's delicious. Mm. You're the only person who thinks it's bad. It's just cardboard with some syrup on it. Nope, that's not true at all. Yeah. All right, so I thought about you because uh, this is called when people from Southern California go to uh, Waffle House, and I was like, this is all the things you complain about, and. He goes through a, a range of emotions, and um, it just, you just go ahead and play it. Waffle House. <laughs> is this like a Denny's type of thing? I hope they have gluten-free. Anybody else's menu what? It's so like vintage in here. It smells like high cholesterol and court appearances. Why is everything in this place damp? It feels like a movie set in here. Do you guys do lattes? Is our chef smoking? Lattes. Yeah, he's definitely smoking. Espresso. Can we smoke in here? This is fun. It's like an 80s movie. Okay. Do you know where the nearest Starbucks is? Oh, they brought their kid to work. That's fun. Did he just ash in my eggs? A waitress has a walkie-talkie taped her ankle. Bro, that's an ankle monitor. Who's she monitoring? Her kids? Do you guys see avocado toast on here? He's on probation. Probation? Is that like a medicine? Is this farm to table? That guy just flipped our waffle with a shank. This looks like I should be hung over. <laughs> hey, do you guys have garlic aioli? Oh, good. <laughs> Truffle butter. Do you guys have truffle? That tastes like salt, elbow grease, and a misdemeanor. Would you look at that? It's like a Cracker Jacks prize. I won. <laughs> Two hairs. <laughs> farm to table. Somehow everything tastes like ketchup. Yeah, even the water. <laughs> or farm to Frank. That's the same color as his beard. All right. I taste like ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> he found a knife in his uh, eggs. I just, uh, I saw that and it went, this is, uh, this lightning all rolled up into one little that uh, is reel. Good. I don't know. I, I'm not into the uh, the biscuits and the honey sauce, but I will take my hash browns, uh, uh, I don't know, smothered, covered, scattered, chunked. I'll do it all. I like everything on my hash browns at, uh, at Waffle House. Negative. Try again. I'm Lightning. He is Holman. I know you hate when I say that. So this is the Truck Show Podcast. On this episode, we have 303 products. Not only are we going to be talking about some really cool stuff. Ooh, rubber seal protectant. It's one of my favorites from them. If you own a Jeep, you have to use 303's rubber seal protectant. It's, okay. it's like the best. Okay. Well, they are also owned by Golden Eagle and, and Golden make, Eagle Stable. Yeah. So yes. if you've uh, got farm equipment or a vehicle that you know stayed part for a long time, mm-hmm. you've no doubt probably used Stable in the uh, fuel tank. Now, what is in that big box? Sorry, two big boxes behind you? 
Nothing? No, yeah. It says 303 on the outside. Are we going to go through that stuff? Can uh, I have we'll, some, please? No, no, no. We'll, uh, we'll open it when our guests are, uh, are on the program. Okay. So we've got Matt from 303 on the show and also Ted Horowitz, which I think he is affiliated with Keep Our Deserts Clean, an organization out of Arizona. We'll find out more about that. And I got a box to open really quick here, if you don't mind. This is from Billet Technology. Ooh, this is like, what's going on here? What is, is it ashtray? <gasps> no, is it a what is plate? This? Is it a... Oh, my Lord, look at this. Look at the engraving. Is that a, a Billet fuse box? Oh, what this is that? This is a Billet, an engraved Truck Show Podcast fuse box cover. I think it looks like an ashtray. Oh, my gosh. See, look, look it, it at has that. right here. I'll put my cigars there. So this is anodized black with the Truck Show Podcast logo fully All right, hold etched. On. This has to well, get added to machine, our... not etched, machined no, into this, this is, thing. Yeah, this is totally machined. This is really Whoa. So I'm going to go put this on our shelf over here next to our cyber truck. All right. In our ant farm. Look at that. Oh, dude. Billet awesome. technology for the win. Looks uh, super rad on our gift shelf. How hard was the install of that catch can on the TRX? 10 minutes. Super I'm not easy. even joking. I was. It was so funny because I was looking at the instructions going, why is this not that hard? I, I kept thinking I'm doing something wrong. Nope. It was like 10 minutes. I like how you always think, why is this not worse on me? <laughs> Rather than going, this company really has it down. They no, they do. They they've did. done the design work and they make it super easy for the customers. You always feel like- I watched the video. Why I, are they, I watched the video. I'm like, that's it. Why go, are these idiots making easy products their customers will love? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, they do. Well, if you're looking for a catch can oh. and you're in one of the, the, uh, the zero states that allow it- that's um, <laughs> really the zero states that no, allow. Well, it's, it's California. For your race, you race car. Yes. For, for your race car. car. Your race truck. Your off-road only vehicle. Okay. That's right. Uh, speaking of companies that make products that are uh, really amazing, I just got back from the open house. Our buddy uh, Bernard Leitner from Leitner Design just dropped two super, super badass products uh, for the truck market. All right. So what we're talking about is you guys are familiar with Leitner Design. They have the uh, the ACS active cargo system, their forged bed rack system. So you guys are familiar with that. They've got their gear pod boxes, all that stuff. They just released a brand new rack system that they call the ACS roof. And you're like, man, is there another roof rack out there? But it's designed to mount on top of their bed rack system or on a low mount on a tonneau cover, such as the one that Lightning has on his TRX. I freaked when I saw or this. Or there's different mounting kits for Tacoma, things like that. What's awesome about it is it has slats, and the slats, like everybody else, except they're infinitely variable because he has his own Lightner hardware designed where you can make the slats at any point in the platform. You can add as many as you want until you have a solid platform. Or let's say you have a moonroof on your truck and you don't want to have the slats above your moonroof, you can take them out there. Where most racks, the planks are structural and they're permanently mounted. This, the ring around it is structural. In the middle, you can do whatever you want with. And it's a super killer design. He uses his own proprietary extrusion and he has uh, the ability to hide wires in it. He's got T-Track for mounting all sorts of accessories like lights and things like that. Super smart, but that's not what I'm excited about. You, How can you not be excited about you that? You should be excited about that I am, because- like, If you've ever owned a set of bed steps, right, from Amp Research, that's his father. Like, they created that. He was there, Bernard was there when that invention was happening, the bed steps. If you've ever seen those extrusions on those bed steps, you're like, this is an amazing piece of mechanical engineering. That's what Leitner is today. He's taking it to the next level. And Bernard is freaking well, on what, point. What Bernard is good at is finding a product, whatever the associated pain points are, and then engineering them out of that product. So the fact that you can put this rack together in you know probably minutes, 
You can adjust it on the fly with minimal amount of tools. You can mount things all over the place on them. When I was in Big Bear, I saw guys who had roof racks and they had lights around the LEDs, but they had the cables just zip tied to the exterior. Right. So this has cable channels inside the extrusion without area. So you can run your cables through. And when it's put together, there's rounded end caps. Well, normally you have to disassemble the entire rack to access those end caps. These are like one or two screws. They pop out and you run the wires and cable management through there. So it's super cool. The fact that the planks can go at any length. I'm like super stoked because I was, you know, been waiting for this product to come out. And it's, So again, this is a roof rack, roof rack or it can go on your tonneau if your tonneau has the channels that accept it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, a, right? it's a roof rack with high or low mounts, some vehicle specific, some universal that allow you to mount a platform style roof rack on your truck bed or on your existing ACS system. So if you already have his bed rack, you could mount this rack on top of it. So if you have the uprights, maybe you're only using the gear pods and you want to have a platform rack because you want to put stuff up top. You can do that with this. So that's the rack part of it. So what I'm really stoked about is in addition to having this rack that can go over the cab or over the bed, he now has a new cargo box for the roof. So you might think, oh, gee, another cargo box. Everybody has cargo boxes. Rome already makes a great one. Pelican just came out with their great ones, whatever. No, no, no. These Lightner cargo boxes are completely different. They open from the side. Wait, what? So every cargo box is made as a box that goes on your roof or goes in your bed or whatever. None of them were designed from the start to go on your roof. So you have to climb on top of your truck, on top of your bed, on top of your rack, on top of your gear to open the box. So what Leitner did was his box is open from the side. What keeps everything from just pouring out on me? Uh, you. Oh. You putting your gear in The right. way I uh, he's it. He's going to be making some soft bags that will contain everything, and they'll be fitted to the inside of his boxes. And so they're about 120 liters, which is a really big size. I want to say it's like uh, 18 uh, wide, 12 high, and 48 long. So it's a pretty big box. But because it opens from the side, these boxes are designed structurally to hold 100 pounds each on top of them. So you can put rotopacks, any rotopacks mount or any max tracks mount. The mold is pre-dimpled for the, uh, the bolt pattern for the mounts. So you can put your max tracks or your roto pack on top, like this photo here. Yeah, I see that. That is uh, he. So I, I, I dare I say he thought of everything. So if you are limited on space, the other thing is uh, handles are molded into it. That door has a really deep. I believe the seal, the bulb seal, is an automotive bulb seal, but the part where the plastic comes out is double the height of the competitor to keep dust and water out of it. It also has a mechanical spring hinge. So you don't have to worry about those struts blowing out or going bad over time. So when you open it up, the spring opens the door and keeps it open for you, which is super awesome. I would prefer to just fall on my head over and over and over again. I think that's happened already. Yeah. <laughs> Can um, you tell? What's really awesome, though, is when you get a box and you want to mount to a rack, you have to get a, either a mounting plate. And the mounting plates usually have like fingers that stick up. And you have to put the box in at an angle, lock it down, and then secure it on the front. Or you have to go over the top with straps, which if you go over the top with straps, you can't open the box. Or you can get a proprietary plate, like a Rome plate, that holds the bottom of the box so the top can pop open, but then you need to secure the top with a padlock so it can't be open and that you can still access it. When the box is off, you have a plate that sticks up three or four inches. Well, for people that have a vehicle that's already garage height limited, if you're not running a box, you want you don't want to have to keep pulling the brackets off. You don't want two or three inches of more height making wind noise and keeping you out of your garage. So what Leitner did was he made a mounting plate that mounts 
It's only like an inch high and it mounts through the inside of the box. And not only that, so I don't have to buy a padlock. I don't have to have things in whistling or rusting or banging around off road, no vibrating and nobody can get to my hardware because it's all inside the box itself. It's not on the outside to connect it. And that's what's freaking genius. So I feel like these are going to be spendy. They are, uh, but when you look at the price of the competitor, you realize this is an American-made box versus an import box that you don't need to go buy padlocks and that the mounting plate is, I think, $99 or something like that versus $120 to $220 for the competitors. Really? On top of their box. With that much? I think uh, these are going to be uh, $699, including the locks, including the mounting um, plates and hardware. That sounds reasonable. It is reasonable because I think... Can I do just one or do I need to go two no. so they're symmetrical no, or I'm, do whatever you want? I'm going to uh, be testing one of his boxes out and I'm just doing one. Okay. When I do uh, a roof rack, I'm going to have his box on one side and then I'm going to have max tracks and rotor packs on the other side. A roof rack on what vehicle? We'll talk about it when it comes. Wait a minute. Are you considering putting a roof rack on the Jeep? Oh, I'm not considering. It's it's a done deal. What you talking about, Willis? Hold on just a so second. We'll, we'll talk about that uh, down the line. But the uh, the Lightner boxes weigh uh, 35 pounds, which is lighter than some of the competition. Wow. I may need to uh, text our buddy, Mr. Lightner, and uh, I'm really excited I'm telling about you, that, that rack with the low-profile tonneau cover mounts yes. for the TRX would be perfect. Oh, I Because you know. can put he has bikes a TRX. on there. You can well, put did, your ship. Did he ever fix his TRX, by the it way? It was there. Yeah. It was there. Yeah. It was, remember we talked to him the about The picture I sent you was his TRX. Okay. I couldn't tell if it was his. I know, but there's a TRX. That's why I always said it to you. I'm like, dude, this is like what you need. It's low profile. It's out of the way. I can it put looks a bike great. rack on it. You can put a bike rack on it. You oh. can camp on top of it if you want to. You can do whatever you want. It's it's the business. Lightnerdesigns.com Lightner is where you go com, for that. So. Wow. That's a, yeah. that's a big old plug for something we believe in. Yeah. Make great, uh, great products. Speaking of great plugs, if you're looking for an absolutely amazing truck that you can just pound on and it laughs right in your face, what, that's all you got? Nissan. Nissan Titan, Nissan Frontier, industry-leading warranty at five-year, 100,000 miles. You can build and price at NissanUSA.com or you can head on down to your local Nissan dealer where you can check them out in person. Nissan Frontier, Nissan Titan, Nissan Titan XD, trucks that will outlast you. That's true. Especially if me. you've got the diet of us. Me. So me. Uh, what kind of exhaust products are you are you pitching for banks this uh, this episode? <laughs> None. Oh. No. Uh-oh. This is all about the Pedal Monster. Oh, I like the Pedal Monster. What is quickly becoming the go-to throttle controller on the market. There are a lot of choices. You guys have all seen them on your Facebook feeds, Amazon, everywhere. But the best throttle controller, bar none, is the only OBD-connected throttle controller on the market. That's the Pedal Monster. Well, that's just part of it. You've got reverse safety, which means that it knows you're in reverse, so there's no pedal sensitivity added when you're backing up. So you don't have to worry about uh, putting your boat sideways on the ramp or your RV uh, sideways in the uh, in the RV camp. And then you've got active safety, which means if it fails, it fails to stock. And, and you can be assured that the Banks product is never going to leave you in a situation that's dangerous or unsafe. It's the smoothest responding, safest throttle controller on the market. Find yours at bankspower.com. The Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck, cause truck rides with. The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. It's The Truck Show with your hosts, 
Lightning, and Holman. Are you ready for this? Uh, it depends. What do I need to prepare for? I'm going to dial the guys from 303 Products. Oh, well, then, yeah, I'm absolutely ready for that. Yeah. Do you think they're actually ready to take our call? Yeah, they've been waiting patiently <laughs> for us to finish talking about, I don't know, all the things that we talked about before Thank we started God the show. they're not on hold just listening to us blather. No, they, won't, they wouldn't be there anymore. <laughs> all right, let's dial up Matt and Ted. Hello. Hello. Matt, Ted, Lightning Holman, Truck Show Podcast. How you guys doing? How's it going? Doing pretty well. How about you? We are doing outstanding. We're, we're excited that we got you both on the phone, and we've got some uh, a lot of questions for you, but not before we can play your intro, so don't move. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? Now, dollars to donuts, neither of them are sitting on a, on a stool right now, Holman. Uh, but, they, but they do want to share. They, they do want to share. Lots yes. to share. <laughs> so, all right, we've got Matt. Matt, how do you pronounce your last name? It's Banash? Banach? Banach. Close. Oh, Banach. Close. Okay. Wow, the hard C-H. Banach. You're really uh, good at butchering names. I, I'm the, I am the best. Your I, pronunciations I were two I would not have even gone to. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. You really would have said Banach? Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah. I get a uh, semi-ding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then uh, Ted... Ted Horowitz. Are you going to ask Horowitz? him if it's if Horowitz? Ho, whoa, Whites? It's, it's, or it's either is Horowitz it? or Horowitz. I don't know. It's got to be Horowitz. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to screw it up if I can. Ted Horowitz. You guys Exactly. Know. All right. So Matt is at Golden Eagle. And Ted, I, I know that you're sitting currently on the board of directors of uh, Keep Our Deserts Clean, but are you? how did you guys meet and where are you working? So I, I am actually a practicing trial attorney here in Arizona. Um, I, I'm a partner at the Kobelmeyer Law Group in Gilbert. And then I also run Arizona Off-Road Attorneys, um, which kind of segues my, my love of off-roading and trucks and with my day-to-day profession. But uh, Matt and I actually met way back in probably middle school for me, high school for him, back in Munster, Indiana. So I was trying to figure out how you both had 219 numbers which is the but Chicago area. Different parts of the country. Yeah, I'm like, how did that yeah. occur? And you're in Arizona. So you got that way back in the day. Way back in the day, yep. So so that's that's sort of how, how all of this all started and, uh, and why we still talk today. Now, your stories are very intertwined and it's interesting. So you met when you guys were kids. And today you're you're gallivanting around shooting documentaries, but you both do very, uh, very different things. As you said, you're an attorney. And then... Well, then one of you is in Chicago at, at Golden Eagle, um, which is, they make Stable, which is yep. a fuel stabilizer. And 303, 303 products. So we'll, we'll get into that. In fact, I've got two boxes behind me because you guys sent us two giant boxes of goods. I haven't opened them yet. Yes. I figured we would open them on the uh, show and see what goodies are in there. I'm actually a 303 user. Well, as long as it's not a bomb or ricin, we're good. No, it's not leaking. There's nothing okay. greasy on the outside. It's not ticking, so I okay. think we're good. I don't know what they sent you, so no promise. Oh, this so will be fun. Oh, this is going to be the mystery <laughs> box for everybody. Favorite. Oh, awesome. So, my favorite when Bannock tells his guys to send the sample packs. Just, just get all sorts of crazy. Send the mystery box. I have been a longtime 303 uh, user of your weather strip cleaning, because I have a Jeep, and what I realized way yep. back in the Jeep JK days is as your top and your freedom panels and your tailgate got squeaky, usually at least 75% of the noise or more was because people never popped their tops and wiped down the seals of dust and they would get kind of hard from the desert and dried out. And you guys have a fantastic cleaner that has like a foam applicator 
And I usually go, every time I do oil change, I pop up off all the tops and the tailgate. I go with a wet rag and clean off all the dust. And then I put your product on all the weather stripping put it back down and all the squeaks are gone. And so for a Jeep owner, I always tell people if they've got a squeaky top, just wipe it down and go get 303. And that stuff is awesome. So I've been a long time user of it. You, you are more diligent than most, but yeah, that, those are great applications. We, we love the Jeep community because they are uh, with tops and the plastic windows and everything else. They're uh, they're loyal customers. On the Stable side, which is a totally different company under the Golden Eagle uh, company banner, everyone I know uses Stable. Like I've got it in my Honda E2000 uh, Jennies. I've got two of them. I have it in my lawnmower. I have it. I'll use it in, in my Mercedes when I don't use the car for a while, when it'll sit for a month if I'm out of town. My flat fender, when it sat in a container, was filled with Stable. And would you know it started up? We were able to fire it up after I, it sat? I, no, I believe that. I know. Good stuff. I used to use it in all my uh, lawn stuff. And then at the ranch, just stuff that sits around for a while. It's great. Well, testimonials are always good. I mean, it, it works when uh, people actually use the product and use it the right way. So it's been around for, I mean, we came out in 1958, so it's, I'm sure it's been used by a lot of people, but glad to hear a firsthand account of it. That might be the only product that came out, you know. That predates us? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, my, my 42 GPW, uh, I think it was, uh, it ran horrible until Stable came out, and then it was like, oh, it was so happy back in the 50s, because it was actually around then. That's, yeah, that's well, funny. My my fifty three CJ CJ three A ran horrible until Bandit came around. Oh, so. see, oh wow, I, I had a CJ three A. I had a fifty one CJ three A, and uh, unfortunately had to sell it. And so was so the first four by four I ever drove. A little background on me was the 42 Ford GPW with a Buick Oddfire in it. It's been part of the family forever, and it's super ranchy fresh. And after I got rid of my fifty one, is that a thing, ranchy I, fresh? Uh, yeah. I want to know more about your organization. I'm actually on the board of directors for the Mojave Desert Heritage and Cultural Association. So we're the ones that oversee the uh, Mojave Road and East Mojave Heritage Trail on the California side. And so anybody who is protecting the desert is okay by me. Awesome, man. Yeah, so we we started back in 2019. That's when we started uh, doing official cleanups. Dylan Miller, the president, and I were kind of off-road buddies before that. And we kind of went camping and... You know, he had this whole plan for this this organization to do off-road cleanups. Um, and since then, we've done 23 cleanups, cleaned out about 140 tons of trash, 2,000 tires, two jet skis, three camper trailers, and five boats. Oh, my God. So it, it's definitely grown. And I'm not talking about pulling boats, like, off the shore. Like, we pulled one off the side of a mountain the other day up in Flagstaff. Wait, what? Uh, How did it get there? You know, people people need somewhere to, to trash the uh, the rest of the boat hull that uh, that they chop up. So they they try and get it up to somewhere no one's going to find it. But you know, that we always find it. I thought most of those um, ended up at the Cleeter Yacht Club, <laughs> which, now, which if you don't know, it is a bar in the middle of nowhere in Arizona that has boats. It, it, oh no, I didn't know that. Awesome. Yep, absolutely. I was going to say, you guys take all the trash though, and you just have a big burn pit, right? And it just goes all, all up into the atmosphere, <laughs> right? I don't oh, think no. that's how. Oh, no, no, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be? No, we uh, we we work with various ma uh, waste management places, including you know waste management themselves, Gator Services uh, to provide dumpsters and haul up for us. Um, and we are always looking for sponsors for that kind of stuff because it is generally the most expensive part of running any of these cleanups is taking everyone else's trash to somewhere that it belongs. That's uh, that's the biggest thing. But no, it's it's crazy how many you know how much we've grown in, in just a few years. We uh, we got our 501c3 status back in October 2021, 
Uh, and that was really nice because that was right before Bannock and his guys came out and shot that documentary. So, oh, hold on. They're applauding for the, uh, the charitable status. And that guy in the back, he's, he's standing up clapping. <laughs> Sit down. We're not done with the interview yet. He, he really loves clean desert. Sit down back there. All right, you know, I think the misnomer <laughs> about guys uh, and gals who recreate in the desert, you know, a lot of people think the desert's the wasteland. And if you're like us, you well, love, lot, they treat it like the toilet. You, sometimes. you love the desert. And it's it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Anything survives out there. There's beauty in it. It's just a, a wonderful place to spend time. But to Lightning's point, people think of it as, you know, the world's dumpster. And I think that what is kind of a misnomer for people who recreate and drive, you know, Jeeps and off-roaders and 4x4s is they don't think of us as environmentalists. But the reality is all of us who are out there, we want to be wheeling through clean, pristine wilderness and, and backcountry just as much as the other person wants to have it clean. And what do you suppose that's about, Holman? I mean, honestly, what is it because I, I, cause you bur- you're burning a petroleum? Yeah, I think it's just people don't want motor vehicles places, right? Or they are, are afraid of the people that motor vehicles might bring to an area. But the reality is if I'm driving on a trail and I see cans and trash, I stop, I get out. I throw it in the trash room in the back, and then I keep going. You know, I mean, I think most people today who are responsible, you know, wheelers recreating uh, off-road, they are cleaning up as they go. And it's just amazing to me that there's so much trash. And, you know, there's a, a we had a mining claim out by 29 Palms. It was near the Marine base out there. And we used to fill up for the BLM uh, once a year in, like, four hours a 40-yard dumpster full oh of stuff. Oh, my God. And you would clean it up. You would haul a 40-yard dumpster out of this one wash that was our claim. And we'd work with the BLM. They'd pay for the dumpster. We'd do all the labor for it. And you'd go out there two weeks later, and it's completely trashed and shot up again and a bunch of you know refrigerators and washing machines because it was so close to town. It was only like a five-mile trip from town. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, the great wash. Let's go take all of our trash and Tires. And why, does that, whatever, every, every. why does everyone take tires to the desert? Because tires cost money to dispose of. That's why. Oh. That was a tough one for us was finding someone to take our tires. Now, um, those are what you the... burn. You just burn those. Cause, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Oh, that's so gross. Well, I mean, if, if you go to keepyourdesertclean.com, right on the homepage, it says donate, which, of course, that's the goal of this thing is to get you guys to be involved and to donate. And you've got a photo of like... 150 people all standing around in a semicircle with all these really bitching trucks, jeeps, et cetera, off-road vehicles in the middle of the desert with kind of dumpsters and, and all the things they need to clean the desert. And it's it's really cool to see everyone unified around this mission. Tell us how it's grown since you started this as a little project. Absolutely. So, so our first few cleanups, I mean, we had maybe 20, 30 people. Um, and over time and, and, you know, especially again, I mean, when Matt and his guys came out and shot that documentary, it was huge for us because it really got the word out about us being more than just a bunch of off-roaders out there hanging out and cleaning up and that we really had a mission to continue to do this, never to slow down um, and to continue to grow this thing into something that's hopefully national one day. But we, we average now about 125 people per cleanup. Um, and we also, you know, our, our biggest cleanups are just under 300 people. Um, and those are our, those are our big yearly events. So our, our one coming up this year is going to be in on December 10th. I mean, we always do a toy drive and everything like that for the big December event. And, and last year I'm, I'm building a rock buggy right now in my garage. So last year I, uh, 
I got that the half finished rock buggy up on a trailer, dress it up like Santa's sled. My big big Jewish never had a Christmas in my life rear end was out there in the Santa <laughs> costume, uh, you know, meet, meeting meeting kids and uh, and and shaking hands and stuff. So it's just you know I, we'll do anything just to make sure that this mission keeps on going and that we keep you know getting the people and the funding to allow us to keep doing what we love. No, so Ted, you're talking about the documentary that Matt kind of helmed right so that's from the ground up keeping our desert clean how did that happen is it professionally shot give us the backstory so ted's been pretty active i mean he's he we had actually a side bet going on i think when he had to get the 2000 followers i would talk to about sponsoring his suzuki that he had at the time which is what we grew up with like suzuki samurais and wranglers and our cj3a so he kept doing all these different things and he had a toyota tacoma i think at that time so he saw all the passionate people he was out doing this with. And I'm like, you know, these groups, whether it be samurai people or Jeep people, like they, they've been good customers of 303. And looking at the pictures, like they had men, women, kids all out getting like behind doing this. I'm like, man, this would be like a good story to tell. Plus, it would help Ted out. And it was an excuse to go out to Arizona for a week and hang out and do something fun. So we're like, let's let's capture this. So the, the team that we have at our office, because – Gold Eagles, like you said, has all these different brands. It's cost-effective for us to have like on-staff content teams. So we shoot our how-to videos, all the stuff you see on Amazon or you see on social media. So we have a team of pretty well-rounded content creators. I mean, they've come from a sports background. They've come from like political campaign just to shoot different things. So this was kind of a challenge for them. So they like the challenge out there because Ted had pre-scouted. It's so like, all right, we're going to go out there and do this one because this will be good content. We went out the week ahead of time and shot all like, I think the main people that helped Ted out or that are at all the cleanups just to get their backstory and the story of their rigs and everything and figure, hey, this, ever, I mean, there's huge communities of Tacoma enthusiasts. There's huge communities of Jeep enthusiasts. Like they would love to hear this story just because whether you're on the East Coast, West Coast, um, Midwest, I mean, it's still the same story of there's only so many places to offer. And Ted's group is doing a lot of work just to try and keep all that stuff open. So we thought it was a great story to tell. How long did it take to put together and where can it be seen? It was like a full-on week of shooting, and editing took quite a while because it's it's pushing an hour. I think I forget exactly how long it is. Forty-eight and minutes and on nineteen seconds. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, and they, it's beautifully shot too. The cinematography is really nice on it. Yeah, they they did they did an amazing job. I mean, it was it was it was also great to take a week week off of work and just drive these guys around and go wheeling all week. Um, I think they got a, I think they got some great drone footage of me flipping my samurai on its lid too. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, when the opening scene is basically a Tacoma pulling up and it's from a, a drone to this, I mean, it looks like it doesn't look like the desert. It looks like it's a landfill. It's that bad. In Arizona, you guys have a you know unique problem as well because a lot of the migrants coming over the border leave a lot of trash behind too, and so. It's it's hard to keep up with all that, and and it's sad to see how bad just in the opening shots, you know, of it's almost like you feel so it paints deje- a pretty bleak. F- yeah, you, you uh, just look at it. You feel dejected, like this beautiful landscape, and there's just pile. I mean, it's not like oh, here's a guy was camping here, and there's some bottles and some beer cans and you know some foil. It looks like a landfill, and you just it's sad because you don't want to see that out there. So know? this documentary is on YouTube, is that correct? Yeah, it's on okay. YouTube, and that's called From yep. the Ground Up: Keeping the Desert Clean. If you go to uh, the uh, Three Hundred Three Products account on YouTube, you can find it. It 
just over 48 minutes long and it again it's really beautifully shot so just uh, a lot of lot of love went into really getting the point across of just what it's like and the before and after I mean it's it's incredible to see what an impact you guys made in such a short amount of time yeah we appreciate it no and it's and it's been great too because it's not like that was the the end of the relationship between keep our desert clean and gold eagle you know i'm i'm going out with with keep our desert clean and i'm, I'm going to be setting up at the gold eagle the stable 303 booth at overland expo mountain west um and that's that's just stuff that without matt and his team and gold eagle wouldn't be possible for us just because without guys like him taking up our cause we just couldn't afford stuff like that to get involved one more time you guys need to go to keep our desert clean that's keep our desert you can donate it's got the uh, the dates for the upcoming events that you can be part of and that that is open to everyone correct i assume it's not just friends of the group or you don't have to be part of a, like a truck club it's a coma club yep op- open to everyone and the vast majority of our cleanups are two-wheel drive friendly or there's somewhere to park your two-wheel drive car and you can ride with anybody else and hang out with anybody else. So usually the cleanups start about 8 a.m. That's when, uh, so my, my firm, Arizona Offered Attorneys, handles all the sign-in and registration. Dylan and the rest of the guys that keep our desert clean, we provide all of the supplies, all the water, everything like that. Generally, we pre-scout the areas, so we'll have, you know, real maps, you know, out to the different areas where there's big trash, that's the stuff people always want to pick up or, you know, the tires, the boats, the refrigerators, stuff like that. Well, yeah, because um, there's a picture mo- of you in the uh, Suzuki Samurai towing a boat with a tow strap from wherever it came from to the site. And it's like, that actually looks like fun. <laughs> that might be oh, kind of cool. It, yeah, it, 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 It's tons of fun. And then, you know, usually we, we do the cleanup until about noon. We, we try and always have lunch provided. And usually one of our great sponsors will actually come out either in a food truck or, or with catering, things like that. So it's usually pretty good lunch. And then generally we ask to have all the supplies returned by about two o'clock. And then myself and the rest of the board members and, uh, and our close friends kind of hang out until uh, till the site is clean and make sure that we left it better than we came. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you, guys, honestly, um, on behalf of the community. That is it's really neat. Yes, Holman? I was going to ask, how do you guys choose the area? Do you have a way for people to get in touch with you and say, hey, this favorite wheeling spot in Arizona needs attention? Yeah. Or is it something where you guys kind of have a, a few places on the map that are well-known or well-traveled and you know that there's trash there? Uh, a little bit of both. And that's actually something we're working really hard on right now is kind of a trail ambassador program. To where when people are actually out there wheeling or, or sightseeing or doing whatever they're doing, if they see areas that are in need of help, to be able to contact us or to get with our trail ambassadors so that they can go scout it and make sure that, you know, it's it's somewhere that we can do a full-day, full-scale cleanup. And otherwise, you know, we do try and throw in a couple small cleanups throughout the year. There's a camping trailer that's been parked up in one place forever, so we'll send, you know, a few people out there with the right tools to get that kind of thing out. What's your geographic footprint? I mean, you're just within Arizona. You're coming out to SoCal. Are you going, you know, west further out of Arizona? Like, where where are you willing to travel? Right now, we're mostly in Arizona. We, we've gotten as far north as Flagstaff and, and as far south as kind of Florence Junction area. Um, but we're, we're willing to travel anywhere we're needed. 
So, you know, it's, it's really becomes a question of funding and, and that's the, the biggest thing. And I think that's probably the biggest thing with any of these kind of groups is, is that in order for us to be able to get out there and do these things, we need those sponsors or those individuals to donate so that we can travel there, that we can send people there, whatever we need to do to make sure that we can clean up areas outside of Arizona uh, that need our help as well. And right there on uh, keepourdesertsclean.com is a uh, donate uh, link, so you can do that. And then what's the way for somebody to get in touch with you? Maybe there's somebody who says, hey, I know a spot of the desert, uh, either in Arizona or not, that needs to be clean. Uh, we've got funding at my company to help do that, but we don't really know how to put it together. How would they reach out to you guys and see if that's something that you would be willing to partner up in? Because I know we've got a lot of listeners who are probably thinking of a place they have in mind right now. Yeah, the best way right now is to email us at info at keepourdesertclean.com. You can also reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram as well. Um, And we are very, very responsive. So if you send us a message, you are definitely going to get a response. Awesome. Perfect. So uh, I, I feel like we now we need to segue into products, well, right? I was just I, well, I've got my bench made in my my hand here. It's not to stab me with. No, this okay. was to uh, pull the cellophane <laughs> packing tape off All these right. mystery boxes because I wanted to go through it and see what uh, what kind of goodies we were we were sent. Okay, so uh, while you get the box, I'm going to clean up the table, and I'm also going to ask uh, Matt about the best thing ever. The U.S. Lawnmower Racing Association and the fact that Gold Eagle is a major sponsor. Oh, hold on a sec. Uh, <laughs> just I know this is audio and you can't really hear it, but this I'm going to put the microphone. This is the box. I'm going to put it on our podcast table. Wait, hold on. Okay. Oh my. Wait. Oh, you, dude, you almost collapsed the table with this thing. What's in there? Hold I don't on. know. Let's see. Well, so as All you're right. opening it again, Matt, tell me about this. I am now my new obsession is the U.S. Lawnmower Racing Association. I clicked on the link on the site, on the goldeagle.com site, and I, and I fell in love with everyone that races uh, stable-sponsored lawnmowers. That looks like I, I've never seen it in California, and I feel so ripped off. Yeah, it's it's a it's a heck of a thing to see. I mean, it's all it's all over mostly the South at this point, but it's, we founded it over 25 years ago, or helped found it over 25 years ago. And, I mean, these guys will put a heck of a lot of engineering into different levels of lawnmower. My personal <laughs> favorite is, like, I forget what they call it. It's like the unlimited class where it's a stretch. Like, basically, these guys will build a full-on race go-kart, and they take a little piece of an original lawnmower frame, and they kind of weld it to the side of the, lawn, <laughs> of the go-kart, and they call it a lawnmower, and they, they just rip. Tell but, me, tell um, me that there are guys with twin turbos, or they're running like methanol injections. No, stuff NOS, like that. baby, not uh, nitrous. No, 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 nitrous doesn't last long enough. You'd be, you know, if they're doing oh. a bunch of laps in your hundred cc uh, or fifty was a forty nine cc lawnmower motor. I don't know. Do they well, have, are these guys retrofitting like LSs into them? What are they doing? Well, the the one that you will, I mean, you can look it up on YouTube. It's the the world's fastest lawnmower. It's a it's a Briggs and Stratton V twin with a regular normal. Snapper transfer case transmission, and it ran, I think ninety six point eight on the Bonneville Salt Flats. <laughs> Some, somebody has I've seen that before because people send me that in my Instagram reels because there's like there's pictures of it racing, and I always get it because people are like, hey Holman, you got to check out this lawnmower. So let's get into what is in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? Can you guess? Can you guess? All right, what is in the box? <laughs> All right, I have a uh, round, bucket-shaped object mm-hmm. that has a lid on it that's full of product. 
Can you guess? Can you guess? Can you guess the thing? All right, so the top is, what does it say? I can't, well, who's it from, first of all? I assume it's 303? So, so I've got, yeah. Or is it stable? So, hold on, here we go. I'm going to pull it out. So, uh, Matt, what are the companies that Gold Eagle owns? I guess it's 303, stable, and uh, 104, right? Uh, 104, heat, gas, antifreeze, um, Aluma Seal. Um, we've got a few other brands, and then we do private label for like OEM manufacturers, too. Gotcha. All okay. right. Uh, the first bag that came out is a bright orange uh, 303 Ultra Plush Microfiber Towels, and these things are awesome. Okay. Oh, wow. I'll take those. These will be perfect for uh, our Expel. Oh, 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 yes. Okay. All right. Got a 303 Wash Mitt. Perfect. All right. Uh, got Stable Corrosion Inhibitor Rust Stopper. All right. And, and Matt, feel free... To stop us at any time, if there's anything that we come across that you want to talk more about, this uh, let's now the, the the rust stopper. I saw this on the website. This is for raw metal, like if I've just welded something, or is this for like lawn furniture? Where where's the best use uh, case for this? Best use case. I mean, it's really. <clears throat> I mean, anything that's going to rust. I mean, where people use it a lot is on bare metal. So let's think the best one's like a trailer hitch, where people always get that thing stuck in there because they don't oh, take yeah. it out all the time. Like that's an obviously use case. We get a ton of people super excited about it. Um, like at the outdoor power equipment show, like everyone who's got trailers, my personal favorite being in the Midwest is hitting the backside of the fenders of my pickup truck to make sure I don't get the bubbles over my rear wheel. Those types of things. It's a preventative, but also it stops it from spreading. It's, if you have rust. It's really good on the underside of a lawnmower deck. All the grass clippings kind of fall oh, off. Oh, I'll take nice. that and give it to my wife since she does the lawn. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. crazy, but true. Classic stable. This is a 360 uh, protection uh, ethanol treatment and stabilizer. Gimme, gimme, gimme. That, that's an important one because people don't realize like almost all the fuel you buy has ethanol in it and yep. it can go bad in as little as 30 days. Like that's that's a big one for people to learn. Like, hey, I should use this if I think my car is going to sit for a little bit of time or if it's like your lawn equipment that has issues with ethanol blended fuel or like carbureted cars or trucks. Can I ask a dumb question? Um, how long is this good for, the 360 protection from Stable? Meaning... The actual liquid, like in the bottle? Well, no, no, meaning like... If you uh, add it to your tank, how long is the shelf life going to now be of the gas that's sitting in your tank? It, it stabilizes like all fuel E, E0, so no ethanol through 85 for at least a year. And we oh, do wow. like wow. tons of third-party testing to validate that. Wow, okay. All right, now we're getting into uh, some of the car care products. So I've okay. got the Slick Shine Ceramic Detailer. This has the SiO2 and uh, Car Carnuba. Carnuba? Yep, Carnuba Formula. Um, this is like a ceramic spray. Now let me ask yep. you this, because I know 303 is, is um, expert in, in ceramic products. There's some snake oil on the market. Can you speak to that? Like there are guys that will make quote-unquote ceramic products with very little of the, is it silica or whatever the material is that's in it? Yeah, there. I mean, there's lots of things out there, and there's lots of different people who don't make their own products. They just slap a label on it. I mean, there's tons of different things out there. Um, the one thing that I think differentiates us is that we make our own products. We have our own R&D lab. We make everything ourselves. So if you go to our office in Chicago, in some cases we make the bottles, we do the blending, we do the formulating, and we do the marketing all out of basically one building. Nothing we make is going to be snake oil. Um I don't know how else to describe it because I don't want to badmouth anyone out there, but there's a lot of people who don't hold up to their end of the bargain. Let's just on their say 
You have ultimate control over the quality of your product because you make it yourself. Yeah, you've got chemists in-house. Pretty much. Right, yeah, which is good. Because other, there's a lot of marketing companies that just happen to have products. You're a product company that happens to have a marketing department. It's the other way around. Got the uh, 303 wheel and tire cleaners for uh, brake dust, uh, tire browning. This is the form, spray-on forming uh, foaming formula. Okay, and guys, where the heck did 303 come from? Because 303 is uh, a Colorado area code. It's not Chicago. Well, what makes you think it's Eric? Because it's 303 is a band. 303 is like, you know, it was like 619, 714, 949. What was the founder's favorite number? 213. Maybe he hit, was at 303 on black one day and he became a billionaire. I have a feeling Matt's going to tell us. It's it's off the uh, one of the patent drawings. So the original owner of the company was in the aeronautical industry. I think he was more in the propeller side of it. Um, but one of the things they were working on was like the de-icing boots on the wings, like rubber de-icing boots. And I guess they have an issue with them cracking. So as they were going through this, they developed this formula to protect it because of everything else they tried would streak down the wings or it wouldn't last. So they developed it and it was on, it was part of the one patent they were working on, which was 303. So he just ran with that and he grew the company for like 30 years until we actually acquired it from him in 2012. So he was a family-run company, ran it out of his garage, and he wanted to sell it to another family-run company. So that's how we ended up with it. Are you guys still a family-run company today? We are a third-generation family-run company wow. right now. Yep. Good for you guys. Congratulations on being a not only a manufacturing company that's family-owned, but also a chemical company that's family-owned. That's by no small feat. The way of the world today, uh, with so many regulations, it, it takes... A lot of capital to be able to do what you guys are doing. Yeah, well, they're not in California. They couldn't do what they're doing. They're in Illinois. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah so good point. We're in Chicago. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much like California where we are. How many times have you guys had to fend off investment capital? Like everyone's getting purchased Everybody these days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the, the uh, if you go to the, any of the big auto parts or the AutoZone Advance, you look at that shelf, It's there's not many... Uh, not many actual people who own those brands, but we get calls all the time, but they're, they have set up that they want to be a family run company. And that's actually how a lot of our acquisitions come in because people don't want to sell their companies or their brands to people that the big private equity, they don't like what happens to it. So it's kind of helped us. Uh, next bottle pulling out of the mystery bucket is the 303 all service interior cleaner. So lightning, I'm going to hand this across uh, over to you. Oh, that is for my wife. For her Volkswagen for, Atlas? For, for her Atlas, because we have a dog. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. The uh, this That is the cleaner. This is mm-hmm. the protectant. Interior and exterior with uh, UV protection. This has got to be really exciting for Ted. Ted's used all these products already. Oh, I'm sure. I, I use every, every <laughs> last one of them. That, that UV protectant, my Tundra, it's got, you know, whatever that fake Toyota leather and stuff is in it. <laughs> I just use that. I just I just use that protectant on a microfiber on every surface in that thing. What is that's your, all I, that's, all right, I all right, so Ted, what is your favorite three oh three product out of all of them? And I'm sure you have a garage full. I I've got a tie between the UV protectant because it actually I, I use it on every I mean I use it on lawn furniture, I use it on everything. Especially being in Arizona. Uh, yep, absolutely. But that and, and the foaming tire shine. That stuff is the best tire shine, bar none. You will not find a better tire shine. To that effect, um, Ted, some tire shines don't remove the dirt. They just cake on, so it becomes like a gelatinous goo. some of them are super shiny, and a lot of us truck guys want the shine and cleanliness to get the brown off, but we don't want to have like a mere finish on our black rubber. So that's going to be the the, the rubber cleaner. That's a different product, but it works very well. Um, okay. So they also they've also got a basically a rubber stripper cleaner 
and that if, if I take it out there and I and I brush it on, you know, even with the hand brush on the tires, and it works really good on bed mats too. Oh yeah, um, it, it's it, it's just awesome. All right, uh, next uh, product out of the uh, mystery bucket is the uh, spray and rinse ceramic sealant. That one's a standout, I think, for people who don't like to actually like wax their car, but they want it to bead water because that's like you wash your car while it's still wet, you spray it on, you rinse it off, and it'll go from no water beads to beading water like crazy. Wait a minute, while the car's still wet? Yeah, so you wash your car just to get the dirt off. Yeah. You spray this product on there, and then you rinse it off, and it'll go from no water beads, like no protection, to beading water like crazy, and then you really should dry it with a towel just so you don't get water spots, but it's... I'm going to use that on my my wife's Grand Cherokee because she parks outside. Yeah. And it's the daily driver, but it's a really nice car. That would be perfect for her. But wait, so this displaces water. You're putting it on wet, which I'm tripping on. Like that's normally you have to have the car dry and then you spray it and then the the solution hardens and you wipe off the film. This is not the case. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's actually a water activated silica. So it's in in that ceramic family. Very cool. I got one for you, Lightning. This one is you're all about. It may not be. Is this for my new riding lawnmower? No, no. That I'm going to. Tonneau cover and convertible top cleaner. Oh, okay. Got it. So usually tonneau covers get completely roached after a couple of years, especially the ones that come from the OE. And uh, and everybody knows how hard it is to clean a soft top, although your convertible well, no, no, is no, no, a hard top. Yes, mine is. But, uh, but you can use it on your tonneau on the uh, TRX. Yep, the EGR cover. Okay. Got it. And then you've got, oh my God, is, it, is this a bottomless bucket? What's yes, happening over there? there's still more stuff in here. Okay. Like the uh, ultra-concentrated car wash. Well, you're, you're gonna, are you going to take any of these? It's all me. I have another box. Oh, there's two? Yes. Oh, there's two buckets. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I'll take some of these. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I love it. Keep it coming. All right. And then my personal favorite, mm-hmm. this is the business right here, the 303 rubber seal protectant. Excuse me, it's business, is that, what say. That's what I use on all the Jeep weather stripping, and that's what I've been using... The number one 303 product that I've used for at least a decade is that product right there so, with the foaming applicator. So the Mercedes, the, obviously the, uh, oh, two applications, one on the TRX and one on the Mercedes. So I bought this really expensive, like, it's called like gummy lube or I don't even know. It had a, it was all German. I couldn't read any of it. It, it was just like G-U-M-I, gummy lube or something, right? And it had the same foam applicator of this 303 rubber sealant protectant. It was in a like a squeeze tube, like a toothpaste deal, right? Mm-hmm. I went through pretty quick, put it around all the door jams, yep. so there's no squeaking, yeah. put it around the, the convertible top, uh-huh. and I ran out before I could put it on the TRX sunroof. But here's the here's the difference. So, You're talking about putting a gelatinous goo on it. Yeah. This evaporates. This moisturizes the seals, it cleans it, and then it leaves a slick, dry surface behind it. And so you don't have to worry about it attracting dust. There's a lot of weather stripping and rubber cleaners out there that leave a film behind. And when you're Jeeping, the last thing you want to do is add more stuff to your Jeep that's going to attract dirt to it. Right. That's why this stuff is so great because it cleans and it moisturizes all the rubber seals, keeps them pliable, but it soaks into the rubber and then it's gone. It's not There's no mess that's sitting on top of it, which is why I like it so much. So protects and conditions rubber seals on doors, windows, hoods, and trunks. Boom! And in between those foam applicator applications, you can use the UV protectant, and it keeps it clean and not greasy until the next time. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Perfect. All right. The mystery bucket still has one last product. Okay. Well, I do want to say that you can go to goldeagle.com, and then you guys eject a lot of people I see to Amazon. Is that your main distribution channel, or should we buy it somewhere? Where's your preferred spot? 
Amazon has everything. I mean, you get that's the easiest place for most people. Like the protectant, the UV protectant, that's our signature. I, you can get that anywhere. AutoZone, Advanced Rise, they have that. And then after that, it's kind of hit or miss. So if you want to look for something and you want to know what's there, Amazon's the best place. Some people go to restaurants and they're like meatloaf people. And so they they go around the country and I they know. have to have a meatloaf from every restaurant. Yeah, right? my yeah. grandfather was like that. Yeah, I never right. understood meatloaf. And then some people are, you know, like you know, car polish. So they have 4,000 waxes and they're going to try all of them. Okay. Okay, well, that's me with CLP gun cleaner. And check this out. Stable. Stable. <laughs> Look at that. Wait, do that again. Ready? One, two, three. Stable. That was Yeah, weird. check it out. Yeah, that was horrible. Let's not yeah. do that again. Uh, so you guys have your own brand of gun CLP, which is awesome for those of us who are firearm owners who uh, like to have uh, clean, slick slides. There's a few people in the office that were pretty de- pretty passionate about uh, their firearms. We decided that we would develop something to work with that. And so far, the reception has been good. No, this this is awesome. And made in the USA, which uh, I'm guessing uh, all these products are. Um, you've got it right here on the label. I'm excited to use this. In fact, uh, I'm I'm going shooting tomorrow. And after this podcast, I was going to go in just do a field strip of my guns I'm taking tomorrow. So I have a new uh, CLP to uh, try out. So nice. I'm very excited about that. Hey, Matt, do you guys ever offer tours of the lab? Is it open to the public or two guys named Holman and Lightning? If you guys are in town, I would suggest lining up when we do one of our cars and coffee. But yeah, we do we do tours when it's like special occasions. But usually we plan it around our cars and coffee that we have like three to four times a year over the summer. Okay, so works out pretty well. We get people from the Chicago area into our uh, office and our plant. We just love geeking out on the science. We love laboratories. I know it sounds odd to see how it's formulated and see the, um, as Holman says, the backside of water. We just like to see how it works and how it's made. But anytime we get an opportunity to go behind the scenes and uh, and, and share that with our listeners or just uh, be selfish and keep it to ourselves, we enjoy that. <laughs> well, if you're ever in Chicago, give us a call. You can always stop by. We're, we're there every day. Everyone loves that, right? Perfect. Yeah, if you're ever ever in Arizona and want to go wheeling, man, let me know. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We almost blew past that. So hold on a second. Uh, (laughs) Ted, Ted, you you roll a a Tundra. What year? Uh, It's a 21 Tundra TRD Pro, and it uh, it pulls my uh, Rock Lizard 2.0 chassis two buggy that's on a uh, Samurai and FJ80 kind of hybridized drivetrain. Okay. Sweet. Nice. Are you are you itching to get the new uh three five twin turbo tundra? Uh I am not. Um what I'm really itching for is a three quarter ton diesel that Toyota decided was not in the cards for the United States. Yep. So, that uh, is um, true. That okay. No, that's that's true. So you're not gonna get it. Will you go to a three quarter one ton uh four GM RAM product? What's your thoughts there? It's hard. I mean, it's been a really long time since I've looked at a domestic truck, to be honest. Um, but I think it, as it stands right now, a uh a, an F two fifty King Ranch is pretty high up there on, on the list. Solid choice. As I say, he has Solid good choice. taste. Has good well, taste. if you get a twenty three they 1,200 pound-feet of torque. There's nothing that thing won't pull, including a tree out of the ground. It's bonkers. I had a, a 23 a couple weeks back, maybe a month or so ago, from a CJC Off-Road here in Southern California. They do a lot of Carly lifts and such. And I borrowed theirs for about a week. And I my daily is a TRX. And I'm not joking that the 60 to 80 feels the same in, in those two trucks. And they're so wildly different. There's so much torque in that F-250. It's absurd. It just it's it's mind blowing. Tor- so. Torque's crazy, man. My my wife's got a uh, a Volvo all wheel drive electric SUV, 
and it's got like 400 foot pounds of torque but the second you hit the gas it's all there right um so it's wild i've got a 23 wrangler 392 and uh after a, a st- string of regular uh, JLs and uh, JKs with the uh, three six and three eight, uh, this is uh, this is quite a lot of fun. Now it's coming around to Matt. Matt, <laughs> what are you rolling? What am I rolling? Um, Truck wise, I have a twenty fifteen Ram that's tuned, but my uh, my project's my Fox body Mustang convertible. Oh, oh. what year? The eighty eight GT. Do you have the uh, cheese grater uh, lights and the body kit on it? Oh, it still has a cheese grater lights. And <laughs> I it. love it. I don't, I don't have the turbines anymore. Oh, the turbines were so great. Four lug or five lug car? It's four lug with ponies on now. Yes. But. Solid. That's uh, that's okay in my book right there. I'm, I'm, I'm down. So when you go to Arizona and you're hanging out with uh, Ted, what are, you, what are you wheeling down there? You're not driving the whole way, are you? This is Mustang. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm wheeling uh, a rental car over to Ted's house and making Ted drive me around. <laughs> I think that I think that makes sense. That's fair. That's fair. That, yeah. that's, that's fair. Okay. All right, you guys are the best. Thank you for carving out time for us, and uh, congrats on the success on both sides. And uh, hopefully, we're never staring at the wrong side of his lawyerness. Yeah, right? I was going to say right. We, we didn't really go down that road, but we know if we need a lawyer, we have one now. So. I don't know. Well, we have the name, uh, the name of one anyway. Yeah, we'll take good care of you. <laughs> All right, appreciate awesome. it. Thanks right. for the product too, and and we can't wait to try it out. But uh, like I said, I've been a longtime user of the of the three hundred three rubber seal protectant. I love that product, so I'm excited to try some of the other stuff that you guys have. So thanks again for sending that out to us. All right, you guys are the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Right. Have a good night. All right, Holman. It's truck news time. Taste the biscuit. Wrong, Taste wrong the intro. Goodness of wrong a intro. That's not the right wrong, one. Wrong intro. Are you know, sure? I'm hundred. Taste uh, the honey sure. sauce. It's not the honey no, sauce. It's not that. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! So, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No, wait. Nope. Uh, Nissan dropped a little teaser teaser about a certain new Frontier model. It showed a Nissan hardbody in the background and what appears to be a production version of the concept Nissan hardbody Frontier in the foreground. What? And it says... The next chapter of the Nissan hardbody story begins. So not a lot of info on this one, but if we go off the concept and from what we can see in the photos, it stays very true to the concept. Uh, it's got the blacked out front fascia on it, the blacked out grill, and the concept was built on a SV chassis and not a Pro 4X, but it was a 4x4 and basically it was a more entry level kind of nod to retro 4x4. So a little bit more affordable than a Pro 4X, but with a ton of that retro 80s, 90s vibe. The concept had that tri-monoblock wheel on it. They're not showing the wheel in this teaser. Ooh. I freaking hope it makes it to production because it's not a hard body without, without that the wheel. wheel. Yeah, need to do it. So anyway, uh, it debuts on September 14th, so that'll just be a few days after this episode airs. We will have uh, some more info for you on the next episode, but All I'm right. super excited. I think the hard body is going to be a pretty rad little truck for people, and uh, I would totally rock one I if think, it's everything yeah. we think it is. I think we... Uh... I got a win! I think we have a winner. Uh, I think we have a winner, too. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! No. 
Uh, Jeep just sold its 5 millionth Wrangler as uh, the 2024 models have reached the dealership. So uh, that's pretty crazy. Five million for one brand or or make, I guess. A five million dollar Wrangler is, I think, a little spendy. Five right? million produced. Like, oh, five million Wranglers five made. Five million Wranglers <laughs> out there in the world. I don't know where that lands uh-huh. in the all time list, but it's got to be, you know, pretty high up there. What is that per year? Any idea? All right, so I'm uh, gonna pull up the uh, the Wikipedia here, the, the top hit, the top best selling cars of all time. The top, the best selling cars of all time. The number one, number one, number one. I don't know what. Most recent list that I could find uh, says that it is in fact the Toyota Corolla with over 50 million sold. <laughs> <laughs> Corolla. So, so I'm guessing uh, the Wrangler's not in the top uh, the top ten no. of that list. Mm-mm. The next one would be the uh, Ford F Series with over forty-one million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Volkswagen Golf, thirty-five million. Oh, I wouldn't even have considered the Golf. Honda Civic, twenty-four million. Yeah, small cars. Volkswagen so. Passat, twenty-three million. Okay, Volkswagen here, Beetle, twenty-one that, million. This is worldwide. Volkswagen right? really is the people's car if you but go off th- this list. This is worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. Opel. Yeah, but so is the Wrangler. Opel. Uh, Opel Vauxhall Corsa, eighteen million. Mm-hmm. The Lada Classic. I think believe I'm it, the Russian. Rocking the yep. Lada. Yep. yep. Seventeen million. Ford Fiesta, sixteen point five. The Model T, sixteen point five million. The Model T. Model T is on the list. BMW three series, sixteen million. So that's kind of cool. Ooh. So really the only truck on that whole list is the Ford F series. But they're combining Ford F two fifty, three fifty, okay, and whatever. But that's all and? those are different trucks. It's not even fair. What is why are you so obtuse? Because the Corolla stop, is stop. one it's no. a, it's the Corolla. They're counting all Corollas ever made. I know, but they the, can't, they're counting all one generation is not the same as the next generation is not the same as the next generation. Mm. It's just the nameplate. So why does it? Why does your argument even hold water in this uh, wh- case? Whatever, move on. No, come on, <laughs> explain this to me. Because I feel like the, the F series are so different. And Corollas, yeah, they have two door, four door, but they're it's still a Corolla. Okay, BMW three series. Yeah, two door, four door. That's it. Wagon, fine. Convertible, shooting brake, whatever. I get it. <laughs> So you're, once again, Lightning's argument doesn't hold water. Oh, my God. Lightning. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I know. Oh, no. Although it's kind of so bad that it's good yeah, it in is. a way. No. Right, yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> Moving right along. Lightning, did you hear? What? No. No. Yet so. another trademark from Ford and those people who make trucks that are all completely different and never get modified but always uh, dumped into the same pile and that a trademark, trademark or a patent would be the Ford F200. What? So if you remember the Ford F250 LD back in the uh, I believe it was the late 90s that turned into the F150 HD there's been a few times where they've done a half ton plus my guess would be this is a Ford F150 chassis that's been uh, strengthened to uh, get into three-quarter ton hauling territory Isn't there, while did, giving a better ride we, and all that. We talked about one that was like a Ford F600 or something, yep, or Ford, yep, right? For, yep. That was a couple years ago. Ford introduced the uh, F600, and that splits the difference between the 550 and the 650 and 750. So there's definitely some room in there for it. You can get an F150 with a heavy payload package, and that's like 3,000 plus. 3,300 pounds of, of payload, wow. which is a lot. Yeah, um, and then It's maximum- almost enough to carry my hot air. <laughs> well, th- <laughs> thankfully, your hot air doesn't have any weight to it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the point of this is the Ford F200 could potentially uh, have a gross vehicle weight that gives it capability of the heavy duty, but under that uh, you know 8,500 gross vehicle weight rating class. So we'll see. Kind of kind of interesting. Lighting, did you hear? No. I'm getting really tired of the internet 
this week. Um, this but, one because oh, you didn't win it this time. Uh, no, oh, I won it. Oh, you want to hear my recent win? It's so good. All so right. I follow a flat Earth page on Instagram. No, you don't. Because it's amazing. No, stop no, it's, that. these people are so stupid. It's amazing. Somebody had the most asinine thing about flat. Like, like it was so far out there. It wasn't even like. Well, it's it's a it's an oval that curves off to the side, and that's why you see the horizon. No, I mean this this is like it's flatter than your desk, and it, nah, everybody's a liar. And the whole thing. So I simply said, "Why won't you answer my question and go on your expedition with a video camera to the end of the Earth and document it and put a documentary out for all of us to see?" And I Sounds had reasonable hundreds of likes, and these people were like, "You don't understand how flat Earth works," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm out." Dude, seriously, wait you, a minute. The, if you wait, believe wait, wait, wait. it, go, I don't understand if you if it's flat. They said and it's a thing, and it has ice walls, and every country has people shooting at you who protect you, and you can't get near the ice walls. I'm like, I float around the world. There's no ice wall. <laughs> well, yeah, there is if you go to Antarctica. Then go the other way. Well, there's ice there too. It's like, dude, get in a boat and start going west. And if you end up where you started in like you know a couple months. It's, it's round. <laughs> and if you don't, tell me about it and bring a video camera and post it on the same freaking page. I mean, what? I don't know what else. I'm like, okay, I get that you believe it. Maybe it's there's some truth to it. I don't know. Go go west. Find out, young man. <laughs> anyway. You I, are getting more gray hair yeah. from the Flat Earth Society oh my God. Facebook page. It's crazy. I'm you're I, crazy. You just, you're nuts. You, you just sit there and you read and you're like, there are educated people in this thing. Oh, just this is almost as bad as the uh, Cummins Facebook page. <laughs> no, it's no. crazy. Oh, our friends over at Ram Trucks Extreme. Oh, dude, they're bad, but not <laughs> like everything Ram Six Seven. Like, oh no, my no, god, no, 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 no. But it, it's 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 the the pile on mentality. Like somebody's in there, like, hey guys, I got a Dodge Ram. They're like. I'm like what dude don't you want that guy to be oh, a part wait, of you you got the new 6.7 with all the emissions equipment <laughs> no, you loser, suck, loser. Yeah. why don't you get the pre-emissions 5.9 oh, oh, dude, oh my god and then get him into a Thurin Carly debate <laughs> against anybody oh, I, I saw that oh, last god. one oh my oh. god the guy brought up what was it they were the, the guy had asked the question and somebody brought up AV and I'm like listen AV is great versus Carly or and I'm like guys different tool different job like, like one is made to preserve your factory warranty and give you really good capability, daily driving. I own a Ram. I don't care about the warranty because these trucks are made like crap, even though I love it. <laughs> and I put everything on it to make it not like crap and have to rebuild it once a year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, guys, I get it. You're, you're passionate, but there's different use cases, you know, like the different. No, structures. you're missing no, the point. There's can, only one use case there. Uh, I know. Honestly, you go on there and it's like, this is the build recipe for Ram. You, you cannot stray from this build recipe. <laughs> you will not be accepted. It's so funny. It's like, guys, just like, y'all ram way, owners. Like, we're not overhyping this. This no, it's, exists every I had day a listener Facebook. come to my defense and he's like, uh, yeah, hey guys, Sean's part of the community and he he's pretty knowledgeable and da da da. Okay, I appreciate that. So, anyway, <laughs> so keeping in the theme of ram trucks and the internet really pissing me off this weekend. So, I'm sorry for any listeners who are flat earthers. Dude. I, if I made you mad, what are you talking just about? Just go, Sorry. just go. Show me then. Nobody, everybody's like, we do not we, have any flat earth. Look at the CGI and the no, the firmament is a as a projector screen and oh Jesus. Anyway, all right. So the the internet really is twisted because they're like, Ram announced the Ram TRX final edition. So everybody's like, Ram TRX is dead. It's like, no, 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 no. This is the final edition for the V8. So. uh the V8 Hellcat Supercharged 6.2 that we've been telling you is going away 
is going is away. going away. And so Ram is uh, celebrating with the final edition. So the 2024 Ram TRX will uh, be over at the end of this year. You only have a couple months to order one. The uh, Ram no, TRX. No, 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 no. Final edition is uh, going to be limited to 4,000 trucks. And the special final edition trucks will have unique badging. There'll be a serial number in every single option, bringing the price to $119,620. It's <laughs> a lot of cash. It's <laughs> a lot of cash. Wow. Yeah. Great truck, though. That price again? That would be uh, one nineteen six twenty. What does that do for the value of mine? Provided I don't wreck it. And provided you keep it low miles because yeah. you're driving your company trucks all the time? I mean, it's just going to yeah, go up. I'm already over 10,000. So? To 22. And? I got a little tiny door ding in it. Yeah, like a little tiny. I did. No big deal. I did. It, within 24 hours, it was out. Yeah. I was full I, I think it goes mode. up. Listen, yeah. Ram TRX is, you know, the V8's 21 to 24. They have not announced the next generation Ram TRX. I am telling you. Yeah, it's going to be the straight six With twin everything turbo. in my heart. That it is coming out, and there will be a straight six version of the Ram Terex. That's not official. It's, and it's not because somebody like, told me. It's going to sound like. It's because I know things. You know. Well, here's the thing. No. So the straight six is awesome. It's great in the Grand Wagoneer. It feels great. The high output's awesome. It sounds like nothing. So my point is, we haven't heard it with an actual exhaust on it, because the only thing it's been in so far is a super quiet luxury SUV with white noise canceling and all that kind of stuff. So. Who knows? They, maybe they'll make it sound cool. There's some plenty of straight six cars and, and vehicles out there that sound my rad. My wife's BMW AM, M3. My wife's AMG GLE 53 uh-huh. that she had for uh-huh. exactly 31 days. The uh, lemon? Uh, the lemon. Hybrid correct. lemon. And you, when you do a manual on the paddle shift, it would. Yeah, but, yeah, but how much of that was in your stereo? I mean, if you hung your. No, it was outside. Wheels, mm. I do, I do I with the windows down. I don't know. I guarantee you they're they're pumping pumping some juice in there. Okay, maybe. Anyway, my point is uh, don't fret if you want a TRX. It's it's not dead dead. It's just dead. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. No. Uh, two Idaho diesel tuning shops fined $1 million for selling ah! emission defeat devices. Yeah. Uh, the EPA is now estimating that 15% of all diesel trucks on the road have a defeat on them. That's a pretty pretty tall number so remember uh, california-based sinister diesel just got a uh, pop for a million dollars so the epa uh, just find custom auto of rexburg llc doing business as gorilla and gdp tuning llc a combined million dollar penalty on that one it's so. funny that over the last couple days i've seen a few posts on uh tuned l5p brotherhood and some others uh-huh. where they go um if anyone knows how to reach someone at gdp mm-hmm. can you can you let me know uh-huh. guys who have like bad tunes uh-huh. or whatever it ain't going to help you, brother. Mm-mm. You're out of luck. Yep. So uh, anyway, uh, the two entities agreed to uh, implement Clean Air Act compliance programs, and they are uh, barred uh, from selling diesel emissions defeat devices moving forward. As so it sounds imagine. like a lot of money at a million dollars. My point is this. They probably still have nice houses, and they're probably going to do okay. Yeah. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? Good God in heaven. There are just so very many ways for me to say this to you. Never, not in a million years, absolutely not. No way, Jose, no chance, Lance, yet, negatory, mm-mm, nah, uh-uh. And of course, my own personal favorite of all time, man falling off of a cliff. No! So, no, I have not heard. Apparently, there's a uh, glitch in the uh, matrix for uh, GM owners who use OnStar's app. Silverado, Corvette, Lyric, they've been getting alerts that they have low tire pressure. 
Except it says the recommended pressure is 958 PSI front and 1,279 PSI rear. So if you you got... Four popping balloons. Could you imagine how bad that would ride um, if they could even keep the air? So if you're one of those people who your GM is telling you to inflate to 1,000 PSI, you're probably... You can ignore that one. Hey, lighting. Did you hear? No! No! No. So uh, the internet is ablaze with, oh, I don't know, a hubbub about the 2024 Toyota Tacoma and how the catalytic converter is now in the engine compartment where it'll be harder to steal. No kidding. Smart. Well, I think they're doing that anyway for light off for emissions. This I is told, just a byproduct. I told you that I finished uh, yeah. making my cat uh, how covers. many takers? Well, three until I told them the price. <laughs> I mean, I, I said- It's it, the price of new cats? 250 bucks. Oh, that's not that bad. No, it's not at all. I think it's really reasonable. And the two or three guys that I had, they're like, yeah, no, I'll take my chance. I'm like, what did you think it was going to be, $40? Like, I had to pay a fabricator to cut it, bend it, paint it? What's, what? So in uh, 2022, the Tacoma ranked as the ninth most common target for theft of catalytic converters. Yeah, they were easy to take. Uh, Not as easy as the ones on my TRX, though. The ones in my I, TRX, yeah, but just, they, you don't hear about TRX. They just, they just hand them to you. They're nah. like the thief walks by. They're so low hanging out there. They're like, here, you what, want this? Here's what sucks is you're saying that, and thieves <laughs> are listening. You go, oh, we hadn't even thought about the TRX. Yeah. So shut your pie hole. <laughs> yeah, I probably should. Otherwise, because I'm the only guy with with protection. Yeah, you have a TRX that parks outside Long Beach. You're high on the list. Dude, the dude, the first guy that reached out to me lives in downtown LA. No. Downtown freaking no. LA. No. It's crazy. And he's like, yeah, I need the cat converters because I was talking about online. I said, 250 bucks. He goes, yeah. I go, well, go ah. do you have any idea what it's going to cost to replace those things? You have a TRX. How's 250 expensive for you? I mean, strange. seems like, yeah. Seems like a no-brainer. I don't know. I would think so at that price. Hmm. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? How about new? No. A few weeks ago, we told you about the sheriff who tweeted after somebody went on the closed Black Bear Trail, got stuck, and said, stop being an ass clown. Yes. Well, more ass clownery is uh, in Colorado as a GMC Canyon went for a drive on a hiking trail and then got stuck at 14,000 feet. So now in that owner's def- dangerous for so many reasons in that owner's defense, other people in the threads were saying, well, the trail's not really marked. You could see how he could be confused. Other people have gotten stuck up there, but it took quite a while to get him out there. And at 14,000 feet, it's one of the highest places you could drive in Colorado. And uh, this would be uh, County Road 787, which becomes a mining road. And it's not meant to connect to the Decalibron trail system. But apparently people use it that way if they're not familiar with the area. And so I saw a photo. Is this the same one? It was a red truck? Nope. White, no? white truck a white up truck. The, no, above the tree line. Yeah. yeah. But it was kind of off the trail. Like it white, was white truck. White truck. Oh, yeah. That is that actually is the right. Yeah. That's yeah. the one I was thinking about. Your mind's eye, you said it was red. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Because you wanted it to be red for maybe, coolness. Maybe. But it was uh, the, the trail basically just doesn't run out. It just gets narrower and narrower so now he's just on the side of a hill well and it's all loose rocky kind of stuff and it said that uh he was trying to i guess he was on decalibron trail and was across the saddle between mount bross and mount cameron and then the trail uh, narrowed as it skirted the uh, cameron summit and then once that back wheel slipped off the trail and he tried to recover the whole thing and 
No bueno. So anyway, it's been recovered now. So when how, how do they do that? How do they hoist it backwards and up onto the trail? Uh, this looks like they used a bobcat, but mm. sometimes there's other vehicles. And I want to say that I read that there was an unsuccessful attempt earlier where they spent like 12 hours digging and they weren't able to get it out. So anyway, they called it quits and left the truck up there and came back with another plan. So it's it's off of there now, but sounds like uh, Colorado 4x4 Rescue and Recovery was engaged and they called in a professional extraction service up there known as a mountain recovery. So, and they used a tracked bobcat skid steer. So okay. kind of a bummer. Just, uh, just know where you're going. Hey, lighting. Did you hear? No, no. Do you remember back in like 92, 93, 94, something like that? The night package from Ford. It was a all blacked out Bronco or F-150 with like a pink to purple stripe on the side of it. No, I'm sorry. I was not born then. I don't, uh, don't have any recollection of that time. Oh, you weren't uh, learning about trucks then? <laughs> your your truck, you hadn't been born yet? Mm-mm. Uh, so for 2024 Ford F-150 Lightning basically gets a platinum black edition, which uh, Motor Trend says is like the night truck returning. It's a uh, matte finish with gloss black accents, so black on black on black. And it's uh, it's cool looking. That is black lightning. That's yeah. right. So uh, it sits on 22-inch matte black wheels, got black lug nuts. There's a black Ford oval in the front. It's got a black U.S. flag badging. Exclusive to this model. It's got uh, power deployable running boards with black gloss accents. It's just black and black and black and black and black and it's very dark. Mm. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? Nope. <laughs> All right. So according to uh, YouTube, which is, you know, the place of <laughs> things. According to YouTube? Uh, on YouTube, there is a video of the new Lamborghini. This is a, by the way, this is a lightning story. I, I pulled the story. Is this the white from, one jumping? From the interwebs uh-huh. just for you. Yeah. Lamborghini Huracan Dorado, which yeah. is their off-road model. Yeah. Doing a TRX-sized jump uh-huh. and landing it. Watched it last night. And? And he nosedives. Oh, but it doesn't bend, Doesn't break the car. Doesn't break the car. You I mean, think it should. It should, but it didn't. I'm sure... That it did some minor damage to the nose because yeah. it came down pretty angular, like just like at a forty-five. It was very uh, uh, it's not Starsky and Hutch. It was very Dukes well, of Hazard. And just then he was where, where 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 it hits in the nose, and the next scene the car's fine. You're like, wait a yeah, minute, there's that no way. car would have talked a different and, car, but yeah. there's not very many of them. So apparently, uh, anyway, so so I guess he pulled the uh, electric parking brake while driving to see if it would work. And they did a off-road J-turn as well in some yeah. uh, figure eights around barrels. He is an aspiring YouTuber trying to get some clicks. Well, I, but hey. he did, at the time that I had seen it, it was up for like five hours, and he had 160000 mm-hmm. But he was doing, he was calling out other YouTubers <laughs> in his. Like, yeah. So he was yeah, trying to get- Yeah, because he's like, trying to get everybody in there. I get it. Yeah. So uh, they, they're only making 1,499 units of those, and the base price is 278972 And it hucks. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so this is a Lamborghini that looks like it's on a six-inch lift. Nah, I don't think it's that no. high. Nah, maybe four-inch? Two. No. What are yeah, you talking two, about? Two, two and a half. It's not very tall. It, what, the, the gap between the top nah. of the tires and the, and, the, and the wheel well is at least four or five inches yeah. minimum. I don't, well, it has flares on it, so that's deceiving. Oh. I, I don't think it was lifted that high. Interesting. Okay. Hey, Lightning, one last story about uh, you hearing things. No, I don't think I'm aware of this story. I'm pretty excited about this one. I didn't see it coming, so it's kind of cool. The 2024 Jeep Wrangler will be available from Jeep with AEV upfit packages. So they're calling it the uh, Upcountry, Upcountry Plus, and then Level 2 for uh, Rubicons and Willys. And so you will be able to completely order your vehicle 
not just from AV at an AV dealer through a Jeep dealership, from but from Jeep directly. Why upfit up country and level two? Those do not make a whole lot of sense. Well, remember the Rubicon 20th anniversary uh, level two upfit, which is basically my Jeep. With level the, two upfit, okay. Which is the 37s and the two and a half inch lift and all that. They only made 150 of those Jeeps. They sold out in two hours. <laughs> okay. So I think they're saying, well, let's go back and, uh, and do that some more. So an AV upcountry fit for the Rubicon and Willys, it's basically um, suspension and 35s. The upcountry plus for Rubicon and Willys adds the uh, front bumper, which is freaking awesome. And then the level two adds the rear bumper, the suspension that I have in 37s. God, if you're... A- at a dealership these days, it's got to be so tough to keep track. Like a customer just walks in off the street. They go, I want a Jeep. Yeah. Okay. What do you do with your Jeep? Well, I yeah. think I want to go off road. Like where do you, what kind of picture do you paint for this customer? Like there's so many, there's too many options. Well, there's too many right? options. There's too many people that, out there. And, and there's a lot of the opinions. other model, which is like, you know, Toyota and Honda where they go like, this is the one yeah. you get maroon. Or you get gold or black. Or in the and case like, of my mom it. and dad, who just bought matching cars, but only the difference was the color. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. Yeah. God. That's awesome. My, I know uh, they listen, so congratulations, <laughs> but come on. Yeah, you pull up to their driveway. Mom, dad, seriously. Yeah, my dad got his new car. My mom's like, you know what? I'm going to go get me Did one. Did they buy now. CRVs? They bought, both bought uh, the Sport Touring uh, hybrid CRVs. My uh, mom got a black one, and my dad got a silver one. Okay, explain to me exactly what I did wrong. You bought matching cars. That's what you did <laughs> but wrong. But they didn't do it on purpose. They just really liked the, those just, cars. Hey, Lighting, <sighs> shut your hole because my daughter is the benefactor of this. Mm-hmm. She just got a 2016 CRV fully loaded touring from my mom with less than 50,000 miles on it. This car will take her through like college. I mean, it's it's a win-win Mr. for Mr. Holman? Whoa! That's... Not right. No, it's not. We got you. Got to tell my mom because my mom she orchestrated this. She was the architect of uh, this whole. Home thing. and mom, you're not wrong. You just maybe less than right. Yeah, oh, she's yeah, awesome. No, she's awesome. No, my no. parents are awesome. My kids a super good they kid. Just, no, listen. And even the world's best, most saintly uh-huh. of people, yeah. make mistakes. Yeah, but not here. <laughs> uh, so anyway, if you want to add the AV Level 2 Rubicon Upfit to your Wrangler, it'll be $20,049. Or if you have a 4x8, because you got to do the 456 gear upgrade, $22,099. But full warranty and OE-proven parts and uh, parts proven worldwide. So They will sell them all. Yep, every single one of them, because uh, it's pretty fantastic. All right, it's email time. You email? Yeah, I email. Do it. All right, Holman, if you don't mind, I'm going to start this one off because we got a lot to get to. Let's go. Not that much time. Let's go. Let's do All it. right, uh, this one is from Cortland Froenkron. And Cortland asks, yo, he Lightning. He butchered the hell out of his name. I, uh, yeah, Cortland Froenkron. Well, how would you say this? Look he, at the last name. He's one of my um, regulars on DMs yeah. where you send like, you know, too many memes back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, Cortland L. F. <laughs> so you need one to try. Uh, he asked, uh, Lighting, which tonneau cover did you use on your TRX? And the answer is EGR Roll Track. 
One of the best ones I've ever owned by a country mile. They and he's not just sold, saying that. I'm not just I actually asked that. him a couple weeks ago, I go, hey, how is that thing? And he was like, Dude, Love it. It's the I, best tunnel cover I've ever had. I, I love it so much. The fact that it is dual speed, the fact that it is really, really sturdy. It rained. You probably heard about the torrential you know, hurricane that we had, the storm that was out here. And all dry? No, no water at all. Oh, wow. It, I would it, expect a little bit around the tailgate. Uh, I mean, a couple of drops, but I mean, Not worth like mentioning. in the in the main section, if you nothing. had a bag, a bag, a, a plate of bread in there, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. It's just it's quiet, it's smooth, it's durable. I'm everything I'm all about you're it. not. It, it that's true. I, I listen. The last thing I'll say about the EGR roll track, it's not the least expensive, but it it's is worth it. it's worth it. Yes, if you really want to step up, this is the one to do it with. All right, uh, Mike Bossen says uh, Lightning Holman. Just wanted to let you know, and more importantly, Nissan USA, that the Frontier Spotting Program totally works to bring attention to the model. I'm not in the market for a new vehicle, but my eyes have been drawn to the Frontier for many months now, even though I don't own or drive one. I was finally able to get a picture of one in a parking lot, and I'm throwing in a bonus picture for your entertainment also. On a previous show, I heard Holman talk about his bench-made Crooked River knife, one of my favorite knives of all times. I have a mini and a full-size, and I freaking love that knife. It reminds me of an old buck knife, but modernized. Um, it is fantastic. That's my uh, that's my desert knife. Uh, that's my full size. He says, anyway, uh, I heard Holman talk about his Benchmade Crooked River knife and wanted to show off my custom order mini Crooked River. Mine's a custom on the mini also. Just love that thing. I also share Lightning's geekiness toward cool flashlights, which he mentioned on the same show. So I'm presenting my Streamlight MicroStream. Both of these items are part of my EDC gear, along with my SIG 365. Uh, love the show and all of the great guest interviews. Yeah, buddy. And five stars. Yeah, buddy. Five star review. Five stars. So I'm loving his custom shop, uh, Crooked River. That's awesome. And then my EDC is a, uh, a Hellcat. And then, oh, speaking of uh, Emmy, I'm going to be uh, on a trip with her in a few weeks, and then we'll get some new, fresh Emmy recordings. I dare you. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will. It's happening. Yeah. This one's from uh, Adam. It says, my van for work was just fine. Hmm. But as soon as I got it, I upgraded the infotainment center with a new stereo and upgraded the locks for remote locking and unlocking and added a backup camera. All things because I wanted them, not because I needed them. I LOL. think the point and is... And he says five stars. He has a... Congratulations. You have earned five stars. A fleet vehicle that has custom touches to it. Hmm. Adam, I'm going to say it's borderline. It's borderline. It's borderline <laughs> modded borderline. for your entertainment. Jeez, would you stop? <laughs> Our friend Rich Holdaway writes us and says, new 2024 F450, clear the air. Hello, my friends. I figured I would send you this email with an update on the truck I ordered. When I went to pick it up from the Ford dealership up here, an additional 20000 upgrades was added to the truck without any information given to me. Ouch. I brought my order receipt with me, and I was so excited to pick it up, but the dealer said I would be responsible for the additional 20000 if I wanted the truck. I was so pissed because I felt like they did it on purpose. I walked away from it, and not even five hours later, they had it listed on the lot for over $100,000. I don't know if this was planned, but I do know that I went through six different salesmen during the process, and each one told them that the dealership doesn't get F450 like this because everything's on back order, so they have to wait for orders from clients. I will tell you, Rich, there are some not great dealers out there that absolutely... And we're being penalized by several companies for bait and switch. Bronco, four dealers with Bronco is one of those where a customer was like 18 or two years away, got their Bronco in, and basically the dealer said, 
oh, it's this price now and didn't honor the original deal and yeah. then sold it as a markup when that person jumped out. So that's, that's a bummer to see you go slimy. through that. Yeah. Uh, we've, been, we've purchased seven vehicles from that dealership and I won't ever go there again. Like, is it 20 grand and you lose a lifetime customer? Is that worth it, dealership? For some, it is. Uh, we've purchased seven vehicles from the dealership. I won't go back there again. I'm super bummed because I love the idea of that truck, but instead I'm converting my 97 12 valve into a tow pig. I bought a 4500 chassis from the pick and pull, and I'm almost done converting the 2500 to a legit heavy hauler. New stage four Suncoast transmission and all. When doors close, windows open. You guys are the best. Keep monitoring those parameters. A huge five stars. And as always, yeah, buddy. And that's from our buddy Rich up in Hollister. <laughs> Yeah, buddy! Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. So, Holman, you'll uh, appreciate this, and you'll also hate it. <clears throat> I'm working with a, a customer right now who has... Uh, that would be called appreciate. Appreciate? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, That's interesting. You. So, he's got a... Um, he bought a new Chevy truck, a Silverado that was on the lot. So, it's used, but it's still new enough that it has a full factory warranty. Had a lift, wheels and tires. Okay. And he put an iDash on it. Okay. Okay. Full warranty. Drives around for a couple weeks. It's got an oil leak. He brings it back. They say that the added stress from the larger wheels and tires on the transmission affected the engine. That he that they sold that him? They sold him. Uh-huh. And that the iDash was interfering with the transmission. Which is impossible. It's not even... It's a read-only device and it's diagnostic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not possible. Did they blackball him on the GM thing? Denied his warranty. He's- Wait, hold on. Did the dealership deny it or did they blackball him? There's two different things going there. I've had dealerships say, no, you take it to another dealer. Like, those guys are a-holes. They don't want to do it. We'll take care of you because we love our customers. Or I've had people go, oh, I'm putting you in the system and you're screwed nationwide. I don't know that yet. I would sue the pants off I that do place. not know that yet. Did so he take it to a different dealer? This is a young military guy. Did he take it to a different dealer? So not yet. Okay, This just to. happened. Like, just happened. And I'm just thinking, that is such a dirty thing to do. It's dirty. Yeah. The used car manager said, we've got you. Yeah. This stuff is covered. The wheels, the tires, the lift. Sue. Immediately, he goes back in, and they won't work on the truck. Nah. Nah, that's it's so that's ridiculous. You know what? If and, you, and it sucks because the if mag- you work for a dealership like that and you've done that to a customer, don't listen to our show anymore. Just don't. Just don't. We don't even want you as a listener. I hate people like that. Take care of your customers. There's so many. And here, you guys who do that or the people doing that give dealerships a bad name. There are so many good dealers out there that love the aftermarket, that upsell their customers, and then take care of them with aftercare service or after sale service. Go to those people. There's a lot of good family-owned dealerships out there. Our buddy Jackson up in Glendale. Mm-hmm. Um, Selman Chevy in Orange. Yeah. DeLillo here in Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a ton of great places. <laughs> as, if, as if all of our listeners I know, are in this area. I know. 10 miles but, of us. But, um, you know, it's just, I know a lot of great dealers across the country that are aftermarket friendly and love their customers, go patronize those dealers. If if you guys have had an issue with the dealer, don't just don't ever go back and find the dealer that'll take care of you because they're not all like that. And and I know a lot of great dealers. I have my stuff all dealership service because my stuff's under warranty. If you have a dealership service vehicle and they have all the records there, they're more likely to take care of you, especially if you fall out of warranty by a few months or something like that. So for me, it's worth it. And I only go to places that I know are solid. I've never had an issue. And I hate when people say, oh, the dealer, it's the dealership. It's the, they rip you off. Go to a different one. Most are, not, most are not like that. The vast majority are not like that. But it sucks that there's some dirty, stinking people out there who, you know, you go to a brand you love and your love for that brand is tainted 
because of a franchise dealership and has nothing to do with the company. I could not agree more. Find an aftermarket-friendly dealership, one that uh, wants your business. I've got two emails from Justin Moyer. First one says, hey, Lightning, I've been listening to the podcast since day one. Thank you very much, Justin. And I've actually got one of these Mythical Truck Show podcast t-shirts. I was wondering if you still have a hookup on Banks stuff. I just got a 2020 Ram Cummins and was wanting to put some Banks goodies on it. Thanks, Justin. And I think I actually already hooked up Justin since writing this. So I'm going to go to the next one. Uh, <laughs> Justin says, oh, so I just ordered the Monster Ram to take care of the grid heater issue. Next will be the Ram air intake followed by the boost tubes. Thank you for the help. Uh, yes, so I did take care of him. And if you need some Banks performance products... Hit me up either uh, over email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, lightning at truckshowpodcast.com, or on the gram at LBC Lightning. All right, one last one before we end the show. This is from uh, Tommy Harrell. says, regular truck trip report. says, hey, guys, just returned home from the half-century of progress antique tractor show at the uh, Chanute Air Force Base and wanted to report on towing with a Hemi-powered 21 Ram 3500. Uh, so that'd be the 6-4. Left central Missouri with my 71 Deer 4020, a late 70s Cushman truckster and gooseneck trailer. Pulled away from the farm, grossing just short of 31,000 pounds. <laughs> That's large Marge. 12 foot, 6 inch tall, and 112 inches wide at the rear tractor axle. Winds were pretty calm both directions, and the terrain is relatively flat the entire trip. Truck had no issues running with traffic or slightly above. 714 miles round trip, and I averaged, can you guess? I'm going to say he did, this is going to be an impressive fuel economy or he wouldn't ask. I'm going to say he did 11.3. 6.2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says in- I uh, guess 11.3 would have been <laughs> very hopeful. I don't think you get that stock no. in that truck without a load. Uh, in 19, uh, made the same drive with the same exact load from the same starting point destination, almost identical, completely stock, 05 Ram 3500, 5.9 coming six speed. And I got 8.5 miles per gallon, spent all day shifting between 5 and 6, trying to stay at the flow of traffic. Overall, I'm pretty pleased with this gas guzzler. The 8HP75 feels like a big step above the other 6.4 trucks on the farm with the 66 RFE. I miss the coming sound and feel, but I don't miss the maintenance and repairs. Keep up the good work and do something with your parameters. And that comes from Tommy. Dude, that that is awesome. Honestly, that's I, we love hearing those kinds of stories from you guys because I think it it's great information for people who love trucks and want to know more about them. Melter Parameters! Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com is the general mailbox, or you can hit lightning at truckshowpodcast.com or Holman at truckshowpodcast.com. The Truck Show, the Truck Show, the Truck Show, oh, oh. And you can hit us up on our socials. We're at Truck Show Podcast or at LBC Lighting or at Sean P. Holman, or you can leave us a message on the five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. We want to hear from you, whether it's a story about trucks or just bored driving across the country, got something to say, or you just want to ponder the universe for a little while and you need somebody to hear you out. We're, we're there for you. On the I don't online. know. I don't know that we want that. I think we want it truck-related, I think. About the universe. No, not about the Driving universe. the universe in a truck. What do you know? Or if you're a flat, flat earther, earther, I knew you were going to say the flat <laughs> earther. And you want to talk about flat earth while you're driving over the mountains uh, and tell us how flat the planet is and Listen, all that. if you really are a flat earther and you're still listening at this point, you got to email us and tell us why. Yeah, why? Why? And it can't just be the normal argument that, well, you guys are sheep and you're dumb. <laughs> like, actually give us facts. Not like, well, I heard from some dude on the internet 
back the firmament was a projector and that we're actually living in deep earth. I don't know. Like, just don't, it can't be dumb like that. Like, like come back with something that we go, okay, all right, I don't agree with you, but I can see how you got there. Like, oh, I'm, I'll do that. But, I don't know that we want to make the jump, the the, the, the huge <laughs> leap across that chasm from from, from trucks, trucks to flat earth. To flat earth is just like what? all right. Let me, all right, let me let's do this flat instead earth. of flat earth. Let's talk about flatbeds. What flatbed trailer or flatbed do you have on the back of your chassis cab, okay. and why do you like it? Six five seven two zero five six. Should we get there because we are already stacked up of of you reviews. I've already got some new reviews. Well, we need ready more. To go. No, yeah. we don't. Oh, yeah. I, I, not re- no, we've got some. All right. I got Toyotas. I've got a Nissan. I've got a Cummins. I've got a Ford. I got a, I've got a Ford, too. I've got yeah. a Godzilla, and yeah. I've got a 6.7. I've got a 7.3 Godzilla that tows uh, in excess of 20,000 pounds on a regular basis. That's and, nothing. That and it's a, like and two, it's a 250. 31,000 pounds, it ain't nothing. Yeah, but this, uh, the training's already gone. At uh, We'll see how many miles. We'll, we'll get Mark on the show. Okay. So. Yeah, no, we uh, we've got some new reviews, and I'm I'm happy that you guys have been so excited about that. So we're looking forward to it. In the meantime, if you are looking for a new truck, you want to head over to NissanUSA.com, where you can check out spec out the Frontier, the Titan XD, the Titan. Of course, the Titans have the industry's best warranty, five year, one hundred thousand mile. And you can head on down to your dealership after you've been on the website to build and price, so you know exactly what options you're looking for. NissanUSA.com. But if you're stuck with that old truck and it's just not getting out of its way, if you had, God forbid you have an eco diesel, you could grow a beard faster than you can get to 60 miles an hour. You've got massive hey, what's wrong turbo with growing lag. a beard? No, but I'm talking about speed by which you have to wait to get to. Oh, so speed. it's not that you're growing a beard, it's just getting grayer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> have you and I been Listen. waiting? Oh, that's our problem. What? We have been in Waiting vehicles to get to with, 60. Yeah, yeah, and our beards are getting gray while we're... <laughs> that's what's it. that's uh, the byproduct of uh, Pedalac? It was funny. So uh, we didn't say this, but if you followed our social, you would have seen that uh, Lightning and I went to the Richard Cheese Lounge Against the Machine uh, show uh, last week in Los Angeles. And uh, This is a lounge singer that takes popular hits yeah. and then and adds just a little spice like of Anything from to Taylor them. Swift to Snoop Dogg to, to Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails and turns into lounge music. And it's freaking hilarious and, and he's a blast. Anyway, he and Lightning used to be roommates back in the day. They worked at the K-Rock uh, radio station. They were on Kevin and Bean together. All that kind of stuff. And when uh, Richard Cheese, I won't say his, his non-state name because I don't know if he if he cares but when he came up to lighting after the show he goes oh man you look the same you're just gray that's the first thing he said <laughs> well he's got some uh, some age marks and stuff I mean we, we were roommates back in like 93 4 5 something like that out riding the pterodactyls in the back 40 pretty much <laughs> I told you about that when you th- we threw a backyard party and we thought, boy, wouldn't it be funny if Weird Al were hanging out with us right here? Because Weird Al was like, he just had dropped a record. Uh-huh. He made two calls, and within 15 minutes, Weird Al was in our backyard party <laughs> eating hot dogs. I'm not I, even I hope there's pictures. I'll show you a picture right now of me and Weird Al. I didn't Weird say I didn't believe you. I just said I hope there's pictures. <laughs> there are pictures. I, listen, I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you there's pictures of you with every popular uh, musician No, from there the aren't. 90s, I was sure. really bad at taking pictures. Well, that's Really bad. It wasn't a priority. Well, with your memory, you'll never remember all the people you met. So the point of that whole story was that you have pedal lag and you need to get rid of it. So go to bankspower.com and find the pedal monster that will get rid of that annoying pedal monster. It reverses aging, I hear. (laughs) That's not why it's patented? I hear the pedal monster is FDA approved. It's F... No, it's not. (laughs) Okay, just checking. I don't even know where we're going with this. Go to bankspower.com, yeah. enter your year, make model. Oh, you can yeah. see there are hundreds of Pedal Monster applications out there, and uh, you should have one on your rig. It's plug and play. It won't violate your warranty, and it gets rid of that sluggishness. Bankspower.com.
You know the home and you get that uh, pedal monster on your truck and you immediately taste the biscuit. Yeah. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Taste the honey sauce. The honey sauce. Taste the goodness of the biscuit with the honey sauce. I'm leaving. Oh, hey. Where are you going? I'm out. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast. Taste the butter spread. Taste the goodness of the biscuit with the butter spread. To get your butter spread all on me. I don't like the way it mixes with my mac and cheese.